Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back live from Sunny Slope where we can't even see the mountains. No, folks, it's so foggy out there this morning that uh, you can't see the hills from the studio, which is only a mile away. Uh, beautiful day out there. If you haven't been outside, you might not want to go out hiking too much, but uh, certainly pretty to see all this rainfall. And hope you're enjoying it. Well, we have wide open phones. Perfect time to call. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And... Uh, it's just a glorious day out there. It's going to be a little wet, but I think it's supposed to lift off this afternoon. And uh, perfect time to, uh, you know, enjoy all the good things that the water brings to the desert. And it's certainly with as much rain as we've had, you know, an inch in lots of places, um, it's going to bring up a, quite a crop of those wildflowers. And if you want to plant some, today would be a day to get them in. Anyway, whatever your questions, suggestions, your ideas, if you got something different you're doing at home, we would love to hear from you. It is a great time to still be planting vegetables here, though you might not want to be out tilling the soil just yet. Uh, it's going to dry up, and uh, you know this is a good season for growing all kinds of green things. So you can still plant, you know, your your root crops like carrots and radishes and those kind of things. But if you'd like to grow broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, all those do fine this time of year, and it's a good time to put in shade trees. If so, the difference between planting now in the fall versus planting in the spring is that as the trees basically root over the winter months, you're going to have a much larger established root system so that your trees will flush out and come out with a lot bigger head in the in the spring. So great time to plant shade trees. And that's pretty much anything that's the hardy stock, you know, from the ashes to elms to pistachios to live oaks to fruitless olives. I mean, all those we're going to plant very well this time of year. Uh, pine trees, you know, we can, we've got uh, the Elderica pines this time of year. If you want to take an Elderica pine home and, you know, keep it for the Christmas holiday season and then plant it afterwards, you can certainly do that. And uh, pine trees thrive here in the desert. You know, a lot of them are very drought tolerant. The Aleppos and the Elderica pines uh, are very common here in the valley for good reason and good cause because they can offer us a lot of shade and, and do well in our climate. Well, wide open phones, folks. You pick the topic. Number to call, 602-277-5827. And uh, from, you know, poinsettias to all the fir trees that we have, you know, it's it's funny. We really don't have so many pines for Christmas trees. Most of our trees that we have are firs. And there's some fun ones. You know, the, the noble firs are native to northern you know, Washington and Oregon. And that's a tree that grows, uh, you know, typically in fairly, fairly high elevation there. High elevation for there, though, is only like a thousand feet. You know, it's different than here in our, our desert. And we think of, you know, our high elevation with our sky mountains where they're up, you know, starting at 5,000 feet there. The, the, Noble firs will start as low as a thousand. Of course, Douglas firs grow right to the coast there and, uh, kind of a beautiful place for trees to grow. They love all the rain. And this would be a pretty typical day for, for Oregon or Washington weather. Not, not so typical here in our desert, but, um, we also have Nordman firs or Turkish firs. And those are kind of fun. The seed source came from Turkey and it's one uh, tree that's used, you know, now worldwide. 
and uh, because it's hardy and thrives and makes makes a fine Christmas tree. And then Fraser firs, which are native to eastern United States, uh, and we have some this year that were grown in North Carolina as well as some that uh, came from the Pacific Northwest. We have a few silver tips left. Those come from the high Sierras in California up above San Francisco, about 8,500 feet. We weren't able to get as many this year because of the snow. And uh, we start harvesting those trees you know, after it freezes, which is usually the earlier part of November. But uh, this year it was warm and then it snowed, so not so many came out. But uh, we do have a lot of fun with, with Christmas trees and families this time of year. And it's, you know, it's a great way to celebrate. And if you've never had a live tree or a real tree before, there's nothing quite like the fragrance. And the poinsettias, if you've got poinsettias at home already, um, be mindful of how you water them. They want to be well watered and then let dry out. And you can really tell the age and health of a poinsettia by the little flower on the inside. So that's not the big brack. That's not the big red part. But in the center of that, you'll see some little flowers, little tiny yellow flowers. And if you buy your poinsettias and those are closed, that's going to give you a lot longer shelf life on how long the bracks last. Well, folks, we've got four lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Give us a call. Give us a direction. We could talk anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, or kill. If you have something different you're doing at home, we'd love to hear from you. Charles in North Phoenix. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I was at your store a couple, three weeks ago, and I picked up a couple of your uh, ornamental kale, Mm -hmm. and those are beautiful. So I've tried to grow them forever, but I've never been able to, Uh, and my my dogs love to eat them. (laughs) <laughs> well, they I, are I one of the most them. beautiful winter plants. You know, it's, it's, there's not much yeah. that keeps that color like the kale does in the wintertime. Yeah. Uh, and I was also looking for the, uh, what is it, Miami Supreme Gardenia. You only had some large ones. Do you ever carry the small, any smaller fruit? Well, it depends on availability. We're going to have to see what the growers are going to have this year. So for okay. right now, all we have are the larger ones, the seven gallons. And uh, okay. unfortunately, that plant has got become so popular. And then there was one major grower that was growing lots of the young ones in Florida that went out of business. So because oh, it's okay. a grafted and a specialty plant, okay. I have haven't uh, been very successful finding anyone who wants to sell us ones that are, uh, you know, younger. But that's yeah. going to, you know, that, that goes in cycles and changes. You know, with the, with the last couple of years, the market's been really, you know, short on some plants. And I think that one will catch up. But yeah, for right now, um, I know we have the large ones. Um, when we get past the Christmas tree season and then we get through the citrus season, then it's the spring planting season. And uh, we've got lots of friends in Florida, and, and hopefully one of them will start growing some more okay. of them in smaller containers. Can you grow those in indoors? Uh, not as well. They're going to want pretty bright light. And, uh, you know, you could actually grow just a regular Vichai gardenia indoors. The big advantage to the Miami Supreme is that it's on a Thunbergiana rootstock, and it takes our salty water better. Um, And our water here in the valley is pretty salty. But, you know, if you're going to grow one just indoors, I would recommend you get like a florist grade, just a regular gardenia Vichai, and then either feed it some coffee grounds or a little vinegar to keep the soil more acidic. And it would probably do just as well indoors as you would with the Miami Supreme. Okay. And one other real quick question. Have you ever heard of Arrow Farm in New Jersey? Arrow? No. You know, I was I was just in New York for my first time in my life. 
But uh, and I went to a produce show in New York City that was it was really interesting, exciting. Just you know, we're trying to sell some of our lemons back there. But what what does Arrow Farm grow? Oh, they grow everything. They grow about 500 different species indoors, mm-hmm. and uh, they grow them 12 levels high, no dirt. Wow. They use 95% less water, and now they're, they're trying to distribute the, the system everywhere, and they can grow everything indoors. Well, it's all smaller stuff. Now, this, so, is, all, this is all produce-wise? Yeah, it's all mostly vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they, they sell them at the store, too. They're packaged vegetables, so... But uh, it's, it was very interesting. They don't really take very any dirt. They don't use any pesticides. And it's a new way of farming, I guess. It's just uh, they use misting. In, so Well, you know, and one, did, and one of their big advantages back there, too, mm-hmm. is their water quality. You know, and, yeah. and, and we were there. We were meeting with, you know, growers from New York and New Jersey and all around there. And, <clears throat> you know, of course, everybody that grows, some, you know, crop wherever they grow, they're always proud of their crop. And uh, yeah. so it, w- it was very interesting with the amount of agriculture that they actually have in New York and, uh, and especially in New Jersey. I mean, a fellow I was talking with said, you know, there is a reason they call it the Garden State. And, uh, oh. you know, their yeah. summer season, they can really grow things there. And, and you know, we can do it here in the wintertime. So you know, we kind of trade and back there, and forth. Is there any way to get rid of salt out of your hose easily? Well, to, to eliminate salts, what you want to do is you're normally going to move it, okay? So you, you can eliminate it by by adding, lowering the pH, okay? So like okay. In our, our commercial orchards, what we do is we have a thing called a salt burner. And because we're organic, we can't use sulfuric acid. So we have a sulfur burner that burns sulfur and that drops our pH. So we can take our pH of our water, you know, from about 8.5 down to like 7.1. By burning okay. sulfur, and so by adding acid, you know, of some form, you can you can lower the pH, and that helps the salts to be, you know, move through the soil easier. So if we have okay. so, alkaline soil, the salts don't move so easy. But you know, we're going to move the salts with the water. So I can add a, a pH lowering chemical to my water, and that'll help in the garden. Absolutely. And, well, and, and, okay. see, and, and traditional ways to do it are basically adding gypsum, soil sulfur, okay? But, oh, okay. You know, on a limited basis, or if you had a lot of coffee grounds, you can do it with coffee grounds. Uh, you can do it with vinegar, you know? It does take quite oh, okay. a bit yeah. to, to, to drop the pH of a you know given amount of soil, and it tends to creep back up to what the pH of the water is. But, no, I mean mitigating it, you know, so, and so just elemental sulfur in itself, as it breaks down a lower pH, too, it just takes longer. Yeah, because I watered my whole garden out of one one gallon container, so I have two hundred potted plants in my yard. So, okay. Well, it sounds like you're That's having it. fun, Charles. Thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. Well, okay, thank you very much. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we've got three lines available. Number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven KTAR. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from seven to nine on ninety two point three FM KTAR. Darling, from you, pretty pencils, write I love you. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons of blue. Crowded streets, busy feet hustle by. 
hometown shoppers Christmas is nigh And there he sits All alone On the sidewalk Hoping that you won't pass him by Should you stop Better not Much too busy Better hurry, my how time does fly. And in the distance, the ringing of laughter. And in the mist of the laughter, he cried. Pretty paper. Pretty ribbons of blue Wrap your presents To your darling from you Welcome back, folks. Beautiful uh, morning out there. Beautiful song by Willie Nelson as well. We'll get right to the phone. Stephen in Peoria, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Stephen. So I've got a little different situation than most people want. They want their grass really green and they don't want it to grow very fast. I want mine to grow. I've got five rabbits, a couple of guinea pigs, a tortoise, and some chickens that roam the backyard. <laughs> we got a quarter acre. So this is my grass right now, feed. Stephen. No, no grass right now. Right now we're feeding them. Okay. Um, we just moved into the house last year. We're still remodeling, so we did not tackle the rye grass this year. Okay. Um, so this spring, I want some Bermuda that's going to grow. Well, and how, how tall do you want? Do you want to grow like pasture Bermuda grass? Grow it up like a foot tall. No, no, no. Just, just the, the stuff that needs to be cut every 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 week. That's three or four inches tall. I don't need you know, like a wheat field in my backyard. Okay, so but, yeah, <laughs> just just curious. Um, yeah, I, I, good question. But at any rate, uh, you know, pr- probably just want to use common Bermuda grass. You can plant it from seed if you like. Um, yeah, you to see. We're gonna we're gonna aerate the entire thing. We mm-hmm. had a hundred and twenty pound tortoise. Okay. Pretty much devastated the yard last winter, mm-hmm. um, and we had to aerate it just to get stuff to come back. So okay. we're gonna kind of just start with new seed, the whole thing. So well, and if you want the you know the tortoise knots to tear it up as much, you'd probably want to get you know a faster growing. Well, he, he has a new home. He has a new home, so okay. he's, he's moved on. We have a small we have a smaller tortoise now that isn't quite as um, <laughs> All right. So he's not so. the size of a lawnmower anymore, huh? Okay. No, <laughs> and I wish the one was the size of a lawnmower. He's bigger than my wheelbarrow. So <laughs> anyway, Steve, you know, you probably just want to plant common Bermuda grass and you you could put okay. in a sod. If you're gonna get a sod, you know, I would I would get the one that's the most aggressive. Santa Ana is one that we used to have available that would, would grow pretty fast and be bigger. But if you buy this common Bermuda grass seed, um it, you know, it's gonna get pretty good size anyway. And it's and it's fairly easy okay. to grow once it gets hot. You really can't seed it though till April. If you put sod in, right. you can put it in any time. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Just a common Bermuda grass. I can do that. All righty. Thanks, Stephen. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Kath, uh, Catherine and Chandler. Good morning, Catherine. Hi. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so I have uh, uh, two things. Um, first, with all this rain, I'm worried because I planted a bunch of uh, crocus sativa saffrons, and I, I planted a bunch of bulbs and corms, 
so that I could have really nice spring flowers. Uh-huh. But all this rain, I'm worried that <laughs> they're going to um, damage them. If, no, you know what? It, it should be just the opposite. What's what's really great, Catherine, about all this rain and, you know, uh-huh. hearing the totals up over an inch is it leaches the salts out of the soil. And uh, okay. so it really is going to make your your plants perform much better. You know, and keep in mind that where everybody, when you know, when they grow these same plants other places, you know, when, in wetter climates, you know, it's not unusual for most of these plants to be grown here in a desert where we're this dry without a lot of work. But, you know, this rain could not be any better for all of everything you've planted. Okay. Well, I did put I did mix in sand with mm-hmm. my soil to help the drainage. Right. But that's what I was worried about. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much rain. Is it going to rot the bulbs? And no. Because of, of you're, it you're not going to you're not going to rot any bulbs. <laughs> um, but what you do need to do, okay, is be mindful mm-hmm. of the soil now. So just check your soil and don't water again. You know, until you start to see bulbs germinating or starting to pop or, you know, until the ground actually gets dry. And with the cooler, you know, days this time of year and the shorter amount of daylight hours, you might not need to water it again for a week or two. Yeah, no, I I only uh, water like every three or four days. Well, you might not, Catherine, you you might not need that much because nothing in that soil there is going to be using any water until it pops up and has foliage on it. Okay. So all those bulbs that are sitting there, you don't want to, you don't want to keep them wet um, until, until they, after they, you know, germinate and pop up. Well, I planted them about, oh gosh, four weeks ago, and they've already started sprouting. Okay. But once they're sprouting, once they start to get foliage, but, but check, and, and, you know, you really don't want to keep them too wet. So if, you know, okay. Chandler, the soil varies a lot. You go from sandy loam to some clay areas there. But, you know, yeah, just check yeah, your yeah. soil. But they don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, stay, you know, so super saturated. Uh, but as far as everything else, this rain could not have been any better. Thanks for the call. Have a nice um, day, Catherine. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, John in Phoenix. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, I have a question. We have on some trees... We have a bunch of little holes in line, and then they're dropped down, and we have a bunch of other little holes. Mm-hmm. I'm believing it's from a woodpecker. But it is. Sure. A Gila woodpecker. So how do we get rid of them to keep pecking at the trees so they don't kill them? Well, you have to read that old, you know, that old uh, woody woodpecker, you know, but anyway... The Gila woodpeckers are indeed protected here. We're not supposed to to send them to their Correct. demise, yep. you know. But uh, and they they're basically sap suckers. So what they're doing is they make those little holes, and then they come back around. They feed on the sap that comes out of those holes, and so that's that's why they're making the holes there, feeding on your tree. And they certainly pick favorite trees, but. One thing that happens is that after a point, you know, that tree is going to get scarred up around that piece of the wood and they won't be as interested in yours or they may go to a branch that's higher or somewhere different. But you can, you know, you can wire them away from the tree so you can put a wire or something on them that's big enough that uh, keeps them away. But they're pretty determined critters, John. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, and they're not supposed to be killed. (laughs) No, I, yeah, it wasn't about trying to kill them. It was about trying to just protect yeah. the trees. The, the only other thing that, you know, and they're, and they're pretty bright. You know, if you had a, like a, another little falcon or something that was there that was a, a, you know, a artificial one that would move, 
you know, that'll work. Uh-huh. You know, when you go to the okay. orchards over in California, they hang a lot of mylar strips on them that, that move down around the trees just to kind of annoy them. But, you uh-huh. know, I don't know how well that'll work here on a, on a special tree that they enjoy. Um, okay. But that's something that's done, too. Okay. Yeah, because it's like three different trees on the property. Yeah, they love and, live oaks and tipu trees. They have some yep. favorites. Yeah, they're on, um, oh, what are they, Chinese elms? Mm-hmm. So. Well, as the trees age and get coarser bark, they won't work on that part of the tree anymore, but they'll usually move away or up in the tree higher. Well, it's on the trunks of them, and these trees are... We've been in the house for almost 19 years. Hmm. Is, this so. a, is this a new phenomenon, and they've been there for quite a while? Yeah. No, they've been there. Um, or the holes of, are brand new. Right. No. And then we have a mesquite tree that's um, it's probably a seven-year-old mesquite. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had, and we just noticed a few putting up Christmas lights in it in the front yard. A few on it as well. Well, yeah, you have a local, you have a local Gila woodpecker there that enjoys you. So you're going to have to figure out how to discourage him. Hmm. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Robin in Phoenix. After Robin, we have wide open phones. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Robin. What happened? You're rocking, Robin. You're on the air. How are you? Oh, good. I'm good. How about you? Wonderful. It's beautiful out this Great. morning. Great. <sighs> I'm having problems with my snail line. Mm-hmm. Do, do they get leaf spot? They can have a lot, of, a lot of things that will feed on them. You know, usually it's white flies. Um, with nope. this kind of weather, the white flies will go away. But also, it's cool enough this time of year that the, they're not really growing anymore. And they'll come back and grow in the spring again. And the snail vines can actually freeze, but they'll come back out from down below. So this is the time of year when there's not a whole lot you can do to really make them change much. The new, well, it seems like it's dying. All the leaves are getting um, spots on them and shriveling up and dying. Well, you probably had some insect pests feeding on them. But, okay, but they, I, but they, but they will come back in the spring. Um, the, okay. the thing about it is, you could you could try to green them up right now and hit them with some foliar fertilizer, like a Miracle Grow or you know a ten 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 or something like that on a foliar basis. Okay. But then you might have more of a frost too. Um, so it's right. it's really there's just not a time of year they love. They like the days longer. They like the temperatures hotter, and they'll be much happier. So hopefully it'll come back in spring. They will. You know, come come the okay. middle of February when the days start getting longer and it's warmer, fertilize them and they'll come right back out. And the, okay. and the pests that are bothering them now will be gone. So, you know, Robin, okay. that's the time of year. Spring will come and they'll and they'll jump and come back pretty fast. Okay. okay. I have a question about about my gardenia as well. Mm-hmm. The leaves are turning white. And it doesn't have bugs. Well, it, it can be a little sunburn, Robin. Um, you want to stay on during the... I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, I'll put you on hold and I'll just finish sure. with you off the okay. air because we have a hard break with the news. And we'll be right back after the news with Troy Barrett. Uh, in the meantime, uh, give Shira a call. We do have some lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. It's Brian, Shira, and Troy here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire 
Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly Everyone knows that reindeers really know how to fly And so yeah, it's, it's fun seeing flying reindeers And uh, lots of different we- places you can see flying reindeers But uh, we've got wide open folks, phones, folks uh, Give us a call, 602-277-5827 277-KTR, we can talk about the landscape of your dreams Your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it Um you know what? It is a little bit of a different time of year this time of year when the days and the sunlight's getting shorter. You know, we've got about 20 days left to the shortest day of the year. And that being said, you know, our plants are going to go a little bit more dormant. And sometimes it's, you know, it's kind of good to let them rest. It's pretty hard to get much growth this time of year. And over the past few years, we've been kind of spoiled or a little different anyway. We have uh, had much warmer Novembers and Octobers than we did this year. But this year is really quite normal. And uh, it should be a great season for the quality of citrus. So if you're growing citrus at home, if you have navel oranges and tangelos, um, you know, as they ripen up here over the season, you know, the quality should be really quite good with these cool mornings. And the, the, the weather that we have like this with the cool mornings and warm afternoons are why our citrus develop the acid and the complex flavors that they do that... Uh, Unlike the people in New Jersey that might grow better romaine lettuce than I can, uh, we can certainly grow some awfully uh, fine quality citrus right here. You know, they might be the big eggplant farmers back in New Jersey, but here in Arizona, if you want to grow something special at home, you know, plant a citrus tree. Uh, oops, a little slow there. Anyway, uh, we got four lines still open. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. Give us a call, and you'll be up next in the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show this beautiful morning. And uh, looks like the rain's going to continue for a while on, folks. And, uh, you know, if you want to get out and plant some wildflowers, today's the time to do so. But the benefits from this rain are going to be stellar with uh, a lot of different things. If your vegetable gardens are at home or, or for your citrus and trees. But, you know, just for our desert, the the nice part about the the rain that comes down like this is that you know you know a, a water level of about seven, and it leaches the salts off, and uh, will make everything kind of respond and perk up, and really makes a big difference to the quality of our soil by washing the salts away. And you know they talk about acid rain like on the east coast in different places, but here um, it's ideal. It's what we need. You know our desert soils have pHs that are pretty high, and so that every bit of rain we get helps to wash the salts down to the rivers and uh, really helps our garden and our landscape. Uh, two lines still open. Number to call, 602-277-5827. Roland in Queen Creek. Good morning, Roland. 
Good morning, Brian. We have got uh, two mango trees. They're growing great. Did real good through the summer. But they're more like seven-foot-tall bushes. How do I trim these things to make them... Can I trim like any other tree? Or no, Roland, you know, that's the healthiest way to grow them. You know, if you've got a seven-foot-tall full mango bush, I mean, that's a very healthy form to grow it in. If you want to trim up the bottom, you know, let's say take the bottom limbs off the bottom foot or two, you could do that. But I wouldn't do it right now. Right now, the more mass they have, the more they're going to withstand cold weather. And the reason why mangoes... Hello? Can you hear us, Roland? So, yeah. the, so the mangoes, the, the thing with the mangoes is that, you know, they're very frost tender. Okay. That's the only reason why they love our heat, but they're frost tender. Yeah. So you just got to make sure you're going to protect them now. And the more foliage they have, the more they protect themselves, you know, and if you can build a framework where you put up some posts around them so you could put frost cloth over them, that would be ideal. But as far as being bushy and full and like seven feet, that's the perfect form to grow them. Okay, <laughs> I guess I'll do that. Well, you're sound, you're sounding doing you're doing really well, and I'm kind of jealous. I mean, I think mango is something that we're going to start growing more of, and we might even try some commercially down at our farm in Hyder, where it's very warm. But most of Queen Creek's a little chilly, so just be mindful of the cold. Okay, all right, I'll do that. Thank you, really. Thank Bye-bye. you, uh, Rob and Scottsdale. Good morning, Rob. Hey, Brian. Good morning to you. Uh, quick question for you. I've uh, a couple years ago, I bought some Indian laurel ficus. Um, they're about 15-year-old trees, so needless to say, they're they're pretty expensive. Is there any sort of pre- preventative chemicals or spray that I should be putting on those? I keep hearing nightmare stories about people getting bugs or like leaf rollers or something that like that in their trees, and I just wonder if there's something preventative that I can put on those trees to prevent them from going south or getting some sort of bacteria or. Well, Rob, we, we usually don't have too many problems with ficus here. Um, there are some different white flies over the last couple years that have been affecting them. You wouldn't want to treat them this time of year, and you could probably treat them as soon as you saw the white fly there. And that would normally happen somewhere around April or May. And if that's the case, you would treat them with chloripid. And it comes like a bear, and it's going to be a bear tree control, and it's kind of an all-purpose, but it goes up through the ficus system and makes it toxic, you know, to the uh, white flies, and, and very effective. And if you see, start to see any white fly on there, you would treat it with those when you would see it. Um, the other thing that you sometimes can see in white in ficus trees is sooty canker, and that's where you'll have limbs that basically they're peeling and they're turning black underneath. And if you experience that problem, what you would treat with is Monterey disease control, which is basically a bacteria that eats fungus that works fairly well. But in general, you know, and historically, these two things haven't been much of a problem for ficus around town, Rep. Okay, cool. Okay. And then this time of year, is it a good time of year to trim that or prune no, that ficus tree? Or um, we haven't had a freeze in a long time. Okay, and this is the time of year when we can have freezes, and it's typically uh, between Christmas and New Year's around that area is when it's coldest. So you'd want to be mindful of the frost and cold weather. And uh, there is a spray you can put on called cloud cover, uh, 
or frost guard. And it's a spray you can spray on top of your ficus tree, which is basically a clear acrylic that on a big tree can give you a protection for about three or four degrees. Okay. But the other things, if it's going to be cold, make sure the ground is wet so you can water the tree and let the water even run under the tree while it's freezing because as it does, it gives off heat as the water freezes. And then, you know, you can cover trees depending on where you're located if you need to and how big and how practical it might be. Okay, great. One other question. Your opinion of Bermuda grass versus St. Augustine grass? Um, well, we actually have an irrigated lawn in our home, and we have Bermuda grass, St. Augustine, Dichondra all mixed. And um, Bermuda grass is a lot easier to maintain than St. Augustine for most you know scenarios. You know, in flood irrigated lawns, uh, St. Augustine can work pretty darn well, especially if it's got some shaded areas. But Bermuda grass is going to be uh, use less water and be easier to care for, a lot easier to maintain. And uh, so I, w- I would recommend Bermuda grass for the most part. Okay. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate Thanks, it, Brian. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. We're going to take a short break while we're gone. We've got wide open phones. We're going to come back with about 10 minutes left. If you've got a question, a suggestion, an idea, something different, something fun you're doing, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call, 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR. A newborn king to see, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Our finest gifts we bring, Bing Crosby. 
quite a duo from different generations. And he wanted to take a minute and invite you to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, and we sponsor the program. But if you need trees any kind, any size, come out and see us. From 15 gallons to big 72-inch box, from palm trees of all sorts. We have exotic mule palms and beautiful date palms, Mexican fans, California fans, sables. Whatever your dream are for this perfect landscape, come out and see us. And if it's, you know, if it's time. It's going to be Christmas tree time in the city, folks. We have beautiful Christmas trees. We have, uh, now we have noble firs, and we have some Frasers and Nordmans or Turkish firs, same thing. We also have uh, a few trees that uh, we're working with a veterans group um, through the, the tribal council up there from um, by Sholo up at White River. And uh, we've got some blue spruce and some uh, white fir and some cork bark fir as well. And uh a lot, of, a lot of fun there with the League of Veterans. We had a lot of fun with uh, Jonathan and the White Mountain Apaches uh, helping us with that group. But uh, whatever your dream is for your perfect tree, come out and see us at what fills our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Um, the nurseries, I'm sure, will be open until about 6 o'clock today. The Christmas tree lot on 64th Street and Bell should be open until around 7. Come out and see us for your perfect tree. We'll be sloshing around a little bit for a while. Looks like uh, might clear off this afternoon, but you know what? There's no shortage. So if it's too wet for you today, come see us this week. And if you're looking for Grand Furs or Douglas Furs, those would be cut the next two days and be into the lots of nurseries on Thursday or Friday. So if you like those big Grand Furs, uh, one of the most fragrant trees, those would be here at the end of the week. Woodfield Nursery for four generations. Growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, next up, we've got Andy in Phoenix. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Hi, Andy. It's Angie. Yeah. Oh, Angie. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to say I love your show. I listen to it all the time. Um, uh, next up, my question is, I have a lemon tree. It used to, um, it's pretty old. I want to say at least 15 years. Um, and uh, it used to give me lemons, like really big lemons. But then this last couple of years, um, it started giving me less, and the lemons are smaller. Um, and uh, last year, it had, well, the year before, it had kind of like a branch of uh, yellow leaves. Mm-hmm. And then it started being more uh, branches. And now it's almost like the, this year, it's almost like the whole, the half of the tree is uh uh, it's got yellow leaves. I am getting lemons, but not as many. I, I get quite a few, but not as many, and they're smaller. Angie, are the, lim- <laughs> are the lemons rougher in shape? Are they bumpier? Um, they were. They, they, my ne- lemons have never. They have never been uh, smooth. Okay. It, well, it might be that, you know, what some of the lemons that are coming up that you're seeing might be off the rootstock. And, you know, there's a rootstock called macrophylla that most lemon trees are grown on and it's a uh-huh. bumpy it's a bumpier lemon variety that's a rougher smaller lemon and uh so if you have some rootstock growing up it might be that part of your tree's rootstock and part of it has the other lemons on it but and, and they're both lemons so they both look pretty similar you know if you could if you could just get some photos of that fruit and uh, yes. I'll tell you what I'll do is just I'm going to put you on hold and we'll, we'll uh-huh. be off the air here in a few minutes. We'll never, uh, as soon as we get a chance with Shira, I'll get your phone number and I'll just have you okay. send me some photos of your fruit over and we can probably okay. give you the best, uh, you know, guesstimate of what the problem is from seeing some of the fruit. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. So hold on and we'll get, we'll get right back to okay. you, Angie. Thanks. Uh, Anna and Sun Lakes. Good morning, Anna. Good 
Uh, good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. I, before I ask my question, I just wanted to thank you for the precious thing you said about your, oh, this will make me cry, about your wife uh, when your twins were born. And anyway, uh, you're, I can tell you're a wonderful husband and daddy. And uh, anyway, my question, uh, I recently planted, and I never even heard of it before, an Italian stone pine. Mm-hmm. I think it was pine, and it, it reminds me of the Colorado blue spruce. Uh, the color uh, looks almost the same, and I, I really don't want to kill it. It was just well, Anna. That the new growth is going to have that color to it. Uh, as the needles mature on that, it's going to look like our other big desert pines here. It's a slower growing pine that can make a very handsome tree, but doesn't grow very fast. Oh, good, and, good. Uh, it's in my front yard. Well, <laughs> It, you, it won't. It's not going to just take off and take over. It's it's going to be a. Okay. It's going to be a civil pine tree. I mean, it can grow to a hundred feet tall, but we won't be here. Well, um, well, it takes it takes you know generations for it to do that, but it'll it'll grow so a foot or two a year. Will it stay looking the blue like the blue spruce or? or well, will if it you want to keep the green color, what you need to do is you need to shear it, and when you cut it, okay. the new growth comes out and has that blue color to it. So okay. once a year, I mean, you, you're not going to keep it matured with that type foliage on it, but that's uh-huh. how they're grown culturally as Christmas trees. But if you'll shear it when it's putting out its new candles, the new growth will come uh-huh. out short with the little short buds, and then it'll have the blue okay. color. Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you, you and you have a Merry Christmas. You thank as well. You. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Uh, Ron and Sun City, good morning, Ron. Oh, good morning. Enjoying your show. So after living for 17 years with a condominium association where all the landscaping was taken care of, we recently purchased a home. Uh, it's got very mature plants and trees all around it, and our irrigation system is running three days a week, uh, about, oh, maybe 10 minutes for each zone, and one zone has two orange trees that are very mature, and we've got three palm trees that are about 60 feet tall, and they're very mature, plus a big variety of other kind of bushes and so forth. And I could really appreciate some direction as to how frequently we should be watering. I think right now we can probably cut back quite a bit with the colder weather and so forth. Do you have any suggestions, Ron? Well, absolutely, Ron. Um, so do, do you have bubblers or drip on your irrigation system? Uh, mostly bubblers. Okay. So the bubblers work very well. They're very efficient. You know, they've been used uh, since Sun City was new, and it's, it's, a, it's a good system, and there's no problem with that. Your frequency's way off the charts, too frequent. Okay, so mm-hmm. you, you, there's no reason to water anywhere near that kind of uh, frequency. You probably, for most of your bigger trees, like you have your citrus and things right now, once every two weeks would be probably the the maximum uh-huh. frequency, and maybe not even that much this time of year. Um, so see. your trees, do they have pretty large wells around them? Yes, they do. The orange trees have two big wells around them. The palm trees, no wells at all. But, okay. Uh, they seem to be doing okay. Mm-hmm. Well, most palm varieties, especially the ones in Sun City, whether they be California, Mexican fans, dates, or, or canaries, most of those varieties are very drought tolerant. And what you have in Sun City is you've got a layer of caliche down about 18 inches and clay on top, mm-hmm. which retains a lot of water. So when you water, your water's not being lost and it's not perking down in the soil. It's sitting in that clay 
play on top. So ideally, I, I, I would change the citrus trees to a long enough time to fill the well. And I would space it out to at the most frequent would be once every two weeks. But you might check okay. and see that it doesn't even stay wet once every three or four weeks. And that would be frequent uh-huh. enough. Okay. So that, 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 okay. that frequency of three or four times a week, that's just way too little. The palm trees will probably have roots enough that they probably are getting some of the water from the citrus trees as well. And they're really mm-hmm. not going to need much water at all. To grow a healthy palm tree in Sun City should be watered five or six times a year, if, you know, unless you uh-huh. want to grow taller for some reason, um, five or six times a year, you know, in the summertime from about April till October, you can grow a very healthy palm tree. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you for your advice. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. And, um, have, have great holidays. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Bye. Oh, it looks like we're going to run out of time, folks. We've got a minute left. Uh, Jerry and Tollison, I'll take you off the air. Appreciate all the phone calls, folks, and uh, good thoughts. And go out and enjoy each other, love each other. And it's the holiday season. And uh, we celebrate it in all kinds of different ways with, with families. But, you know, if you're looking for a Christmas tree, come out and see us at Woodfields. We have beautiful trees, uh, cut fresh, and at every, every location. Our original store on Glendale, East Valley, and Gilbert, South Phoenix with Hugo and the gang, or 64. Street and Bell. Thanks for being part of our program, and we'll be back with you next Sunday with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Hope you enjoyed the program, enjoy each other, and uh, remember the diversity is what makes us be strong. Whether we're a football team playing that soccer football or, or we're just dancing around in life and enjoying each other. Be back with you next Sunday.